We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Previously on Crash and Fourier. There's instant credibility with him. I, 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 that entire offense would probably sigh, have a huge sigh of relief that he's in. Ah, hey, that's such a sigh. Oh, relief. my. Oh. He'd probably have an Sophie, orgasm. Sophie, yeah. I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> Honey, no blue pills. Oh, tonight, yeah. Man. Let's go. Oh, did you hear the news? Just put a picture of him Bill on the wall. Bill O'Brien is ah. here. This is Gresh and Fourier. And Boston comes out of here with a well-fought 109-98 victory over the Nets. Gotta feel good about this one. If you're a Boston Celtics fan. Andy Gresh. Well, Seattle was the better team tonight, and they are the first club to come in to TD Garden and win in regulation. It ends a streak of 29 games with points dating all the way back to last season. Christian Fourier. I don't think the Patriots want him to leave it all. Whether or not he's given that title a defensive coordinator, which in the past the notion of making him a co-defensive coordinator has been broached. He didn't find that attractive because he didn't think that that was reflective of what was actually going on. So that's why he stayed as linebacker's coach as opposed to any other title. Is just a defensive coordinator okay or can you slap an associate head coach on him? Gresh and Fourier right now. If Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator, is it a non-starter that the Patriots then could not go get DeAndre Hopkins or could Bill Belichick be the guy to maybe bridge the gap between those two, because I know you know D Hop real well. Mm, I'm, I'm, well, mm, mm. <laughs> boy, hey, listen, all these years I've been here with you guys, I'm gonna have to refuse to answer on this. On WEEI. Oh, baby, it is over. The Bruins' home winning streak is Dusky. over. What are we to do? The Bruins are human. Their fifth real loss came last night over at TD Garden. It, it, it is stupid to say that, right? Oh, it's starting to crumble. You can see, you can see there. They got it. They've been exposed. Their fifth real loss on the season as the Bruins lose to Seattle last night, three nothing. The regulation home loss, and uh, you know, Foyer, I don't yeah. know if uh, there really needs to be at least a ton of unpacking as to what went down with the Bruins last night. As I saw it, I thought Seattle played a complete game. I thought Seattle did a great job of not only playing with speed, but body contact. I mean, really, the first goal that Linus gave up was off of puck going into the corner, body contact, cycling it around. And really, what was the dude's name? Hold on, I wrote it. Daniel Sprong. Mm. Sprong just hustled to the puck, won a battle, threw it on net, goes in one nothing. But Seattle was strong on the blue line. They won the neutral zone. And even though the Bruins didn't get completely pantsed, again, it's 2 nothing. You give up the empty net goal. I like Jim Montgomery's aggressiveness of pulling the goalie early a on to try to get left. it done. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Seattle just came in and played better. And while the Bruins didn't get completely embarrassed, this was, I thought, top to bottom, 
the uh, the most lackluster performance from this team this year. Yeah, so even like, so you mentioned the first goal, and hell, the second goal was, uh, they got that with 38 seconds left in the second period. It's like, you're just, you're just getting ready to, you know, go take breaker. a little break, and you're just like, holy crap, 38 freaking seconds. Um, so, yeah, this was bound to happen. Yep. You know, it, the more I think about this team, the more I think of just, you know, you know, any you know football team that goes undefeated, and the longer you go, the more just stress you have internally, the more expectations, the bigger target it becomes a story. Back. So sure as hell, here comes Seattle with all with their winning streak. You know they take this long East Coast trip, and they play just like you said, a lot of energy, a lot of passion. They're hustling like crazy because it's um they're called um you know like this is like the standard right. So if like this is your game. Like where you finally, you know, coming of age game or whatever you want to call it, there's a lot that that goes into it. So you play in one of the best teams. They came off a West Coast trip. They're kind of tired. They're they don't have the range. Hell, Montgomery talked about it. Is he talked about it? And I feel like this was bound to happen. And even with that being said, it was two nothing, mm-hmm. and the goals were crazy. And their goalie was uh, lights out, and he was a uh, they were they were got they got their opportunities. But they just couldn't get anything through. But it's 2 nothing into the third, and you pull the goalie, and sure as hell you get an empty netter. Uh, $10 shake in the Twitch chat. Good morning to all the Twitchers. Twitch.tv slash Boston WEI says, I disagree, Gresh. The Bees weren't lackluster. Seattle was the better team. There were a lot of parts of the game where the Bees were really good, just couldn't pot one. I think from beginning to end, the reason why I say lackluster is because I thought Seattle out-hustled the Bruins at times. And normally, we don't see a team that is that strong on the blue line and denies that offensive zone entry to this Boston team. It's one of the things they've been really good with. They've been good through the neutral zone. They've been good at getting it into the offensive zone. And I thought at times, Seattle took some of that away. And it's interesting that you mentioned the game after the West Coast trip because the one thing our great friend Andrew Raycroft taught us was – Normally, after you have the long roadie, the first game back at home is a problem. Well, the problem with that was the Bruins kept winning. It didn't matter at home. If you had a a, a game that was close, it was, well, we found a way to tie it to be able to push it into overtime and maybe go to a shootout or something like that. Whereas this was straight up. They couldn't find a way to crack the code against Seattle. And Jim Montgomery talked to uh, the boys at Nesson after the game and really broke it all down. Jim, an exciting, fast-paced game. What was the difference tonight? I think they were just a little more uh, tenacious than we were. I thought they were harder at both net fronts, and, uh, you know, they capitalized on a lot of turnovers that they forced upon us. Um, it's, it was a great run, uh, you know, without losing a game. It took us to our 23rd game to losing regulation at home, and that's great. Now we got to see how we respond on Saturday night against um, the people that are, uh, the Maple Leafs who are right behind us. When the score was 2 nothing, you know, sitting up here rationalizing, saying, you know, some pretty good puck luck for Seattle, but I was impressed with their speed defensively. Could the execution for your team offensively been better tonight? Absolutely. I, I thought physically it, it felt like we were skating okay and, and I agree with your assessment of uh, Seattle's closing defensively. It's the fastest I think we've played against someone to put in a tracking end or D-zone coverage but I, I just felt we were mentally slow. Like There was people open and our, our players who usually see those plays weren't seeing them so it just told me we we're a little bit of mental fatigue for whatever reason. Well, and the for the for whatever reason, Christian, just quickly, that goes into the whole 
theory in the NHL of you go on that road trip, first game back. Bruins had normally been able to overcome it tonight there, or last night they couldn't. Yeah, so a couple of things are going to come out of this game, come out of this loss, and this is what you're going to hear until they play again. Um, one, did the Kraken break some sort of code? Did they provide the answer to other teams, uh, like a recipe to beat the Bruins? Did they provide that? I mean, listen, they have lost before, and they've mm-hmm. come close to losing, but they, they just managed to fight their way back and get those goals when it matters, especially in the third quarter. So that's the first narrative you're going to hear. The second one is, do they need to manage their minutes? Okay, they, they start up. They have such a lead. They're so good. They're, you know they're going to make the playoffs. They are an older team. This is the whole last dance mentality that we've been talking about since the season started. Do you need, do you need to be smarter about managing the older players' minutes? Do you, are you proactive with that? Mm-hmm. Or do you sit there and just really you know, freak out and change everything? I think, I think the answer to the first one is no, you didn't break any code. Okay, um, I think the, the answer to the second one is yes. I do think you need to start being wiser about just how often you use these guys. The All-Star game is February 4th. They're all going to get naturally going to get a break there, so that'll re-energize them also. But moving forward, you have such a big lead. Like, don't you want them as fresh and as healthy as possible? Like, I would be more focused on that than I would be worried about the crack and breaking some code when your head coach just admits that, hey, we just weren't there mentally, physically. We weren't, we didn't have, we couldn't match their energy. They wanted it more than us. We tried, but we just couldn't do it. I do think Seattle did do some things that other teams will try to do against Boston. And Seattle did show that if you can bring the pace and the work ethic, and maybe more importantly, they were able to match the speed with their checking. And that's what it is, is that you can be the faster team and the Bruins have gotten faster and better over the years in terms of their overall skating. It's that body contact that forces you to play through it. And that's where the Bruins maybe needed to step it up a little bit. Here's what this was. This was catching a hot team at the wrong time. They end up beating the Bruins at home. This was inevitable that this was going to happen. But really, I think it's about Saturday now. How do they respond? And then if they lose on Saturday, then they got Monday against the Flyers, I think it is. When we sit back down here on Tuesday, because we're off on Monday for the holiday, we might be able to jump into some of those thoughts a little bit more. You can text us at 37937. Celtics were also in action last night. They went to Brooklyn and beat the Nets for the ninth straight time. 109-98 was the uh, final. Jason Tatum. So Tatum last night, in what was not a great shooting night for pretty much everybody across the board, minus Luke Cornett, who was fantastic off the bench. But Tatum with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, said after the game, yeah, I got some issues maybe with my fingers a little bit and all that kind of stuff. But the one thing we learned last night, they find out Jalen Brown's going to be out a week, maybe even a little bit more. You're on the road on a back-to-back. Got to count on your bench. The bench was great. Brogdon with 16. Luke Cornett on pretty much a perfect night with 11 points. Peyton Pritchard played big minutes last night. And after the game, Tatum said, yep, that kind of sacrifice will get us to where we want to be. Everybody has to sacrifice to be on a great team. And, you know, everybody, we have individual guys that come off the bench that could start on the majority of the teams. We got guys that start that could, you know, average more on another team. But anybody will tell you how much fun and rewarding it was last year in the playoffs to keep advancing, to keep winning, to, to make it to the finals. And, you know, no individual stat or accolade 
you know, can measure up to, you know, being on a winning team that's having fun. There's nothing better than that. You were well, on Brogdon. Well, no, yeah. He and the rest of the group around him. He just him, continues. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it was the, yes, you know, Tatum only had 20 points. It's like they won this game, and, and this is the least amount of production that Tatum has had in a while. I think the bench kind of helped him out. All those guys chipped in. But here's what stood out to me in this game as far as, you know, pushing it forward down the road. The Nets are going to be – that's going to be a really monster of a team. Like when they get healthy, when Kevin Durant – you can understand why they were able to win so many games. And you can look at the teams at the beat and say, yeah, they were pushovers. Uh Uh-uh. When they decide to kind of focus in, if they had Kevin Durant on that team, I think that's going to be a very challenging, difficult team to beat. Don't take the cheese. No, no, it has nothing to do with cheese. You can understand – Listen, they were without one of their best they're one of the best players in the world. You were without Jalen Brown. Okay, as soon as we pop, prop up Jalen Brown up about MVP talk, he has this ad doctor thing and then he's out for like two weeks. That bugged the hell out of me, but whatever. Right? No, that is gonna be a dangerous team. They got some good players and they and they fight and they hustle. I mean, I still think you'll beat them, but it ain't gonna be a sweep like it was last year. Like, their best bet is for KD to get back as soon as possible. He probably miss a month. They remerge. They kind of re- they get back together again. That's going to be a challenging, challenging series. I'm not saying that they're a better team, but they're better than I thought they were. I mm. thought the dysfunction was stronger than it was. It looks like they mesh pretty well under a short period of time with a new head coach. You and I will revisit that with the Nets oh, yeah. because I got strong thoughts on them. They're not going to be able to overcome, in my opinion, but I will say this. Overcome what? Overcome themselves. As, as well, see, That was my take for a while, though. But even though they played well this year and they got on that 11-game win streak and Kyrie was good for a little while, I did think Simmons did a good job of sort of pacing and getting that ball up the floor last night. And anyway, Kyrie led all scores with 24. So the Celtics get a win. The Bruins finally get a loss. And it looks like the Patriots are going to do what they need to do to keep one of their own coaches, that is. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. I don't think the Patriots want him to leave at all. Whether or not he's given that title a defensive coordinator, which in the past, the notion of making him a co-defensive coordinator has been broached. He didn't find that attractive because he didn't think that that was reflective of what was actually going on. So that's why he stayed as linebacker's coach as opposed to any other title. Is just a defensive coordinator okay, or can you slap an associate head coach on there? That is Tom Curran on Mego and Arcan, soon to be Jones and Mego with Arcan here on WEEI. 
And congratulations to the assistant to the traveling secretary of the brand manager, Ken Laird, who's now just brand manager as well. But, Foye, how about this? That was from Tom Curran, by the way. And uh, we find out yesterday that the Carolina Panthers Mm -hmm. put in a request to talk to Gerard Mayo for their head coaching search. Now, I do believe from uh, intelligence I'm receiving from my ground sources, Foyer. You got boots on the ground, huh? That um, I think Dan Morgan might have been a uh, part of the whole maybe facilitating. The other linebacker? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Wait, someone... you think he was a catalyst to get Gerard? No. Well, I, I think what happened was there was the initial run of here are the guys who want to interview. And some people might have said to Dan Morgan, hey, man, y'all need to take a look at Mayo, and here's why. Wait, what is Dan Morgan? Is he executive I don't up know there? What is he, he doing? Is, is but, he like a... But if you're a legendary player, okay. come on, you can... Please. Okay, no, 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 Did, you're right. No, I'm You just can saying. call Robert Kraft anytime you want yeah, to, Yeah, no, right? he's not answering my calls. Well, stop it. I have a, do a terrible impression of him. I'm going to call him as me doing an impression of himself. You just be <laughs> you, and I'll do the yeah. this son of a bitch <laughs> for you. <laughs> thinks I'm going <laughs> to pick up the phone. No, but... But I do think there were some people who contacted some people. And then if you're David Tepper, now think of this, okay? And I know that people don't think about the interviewing process. But you mentioned uh, yesterday, I do believe, Mayo went into the world of finance and then got back into the world of football. Yeah. What is David Tepper? Big well, finance guy. Yes. So you can have some of the, you know, mm, me coach football. Yeah. Me run football. Ooh. And then there's Gerard Mayo who will be like, hey, do you want to talk about mutual funds <laughs> where it's a different level of connection for the owner? Now, I don't know if that scared the Patriots or not, but I do think, Christian, oh, you want to go interview for a D coordinator job? Okay. Oh, the head coaching job. Now, that's a little different, and the Patriots clearly reacted to that request coming in so much to the point that it came out last night on a press release from the Patriots that Gerard Mayo is going to stay, and they are negotiating with him. And then they also rolled out, we're going to interview for an offensive coordinator. So what do you make of the Patriots' reaction about Gerard Mayo? I think this is nuts. I think this is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. What do you mean? not, Not that Mayo... The fact that they had a press release, the fact that they decided, hey, you know what? All of a sudden, hey, let's um, let's let's share all our information and all our thoughts and feelings and everything with with everybody. Like suddenly, now this is what you're going to be doing. Like you're going to be sharing information. I feel like so the press release it says this is unprecedented press release. Is it not? I mean, yeah, listen, I, that listen, is so a lot of people focused on that. Patriots to extend Gerard Mayo. We'll begin interviewing for an offensive coordinator. Okay, stop for one second. That, that's the headline. But that sentence says, to extend Gerard Mayo. That means they're probably about 90% there. Because that's a definitive statement. Patriots to extend Gerard yeah. Mayo, not we've opened negotiations with him. Yeah, okay, so then it says uh, the New England Patriots and head coach Bill Belichick have begun contract extension discussions with Gerard Mayo that would keep him with the team long term. In addition, oh, listen, we're not done yet. Hey, hey, get your pencils ready. In addition, the team will begin interviewing for offensive coordinator candidates beginning next week. Here's the thing. This has never happened before. It'll probably never happen again. 
And all I sit there and I do the Mac Jones of this, and I go, why are they doing it? Why now, Gresh? Why now have they decided to tell us everything that they plan on doing? Did they Could they not stand the heat? Did, uh, did Robert Kraft kind of nudge Bill to kind of quiet everybody who's ripping them for how the season went and how just inadequate and how terrible all of his decisions were? Why would they why would they send out a press release? Is this to scare off all the other teams that are looking to hire uh Gerard Mayo? I mean, what 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 is it? Why would they do that? I'm going to start with that. Why? Why would they do it? You Easy. tell me. Very simple. D- let, break it down. Uh it's all about the fan base. That's really what this is. Look at the letter and look at what was in the letter that went to season ticket holders. And what well, was that's how we started. We started what early was in, the week. in that paragraph of the critical evaluations of the organization, blah, blah, blah. Basically, what they said was, we know it wasn't good enough last year. And here's the thing. Patriot fans are now, a lot of them, I'd like to think, are now hip to the game to where they could look at what happened on the field and been like, listen, if we don't have the play at the end of the Raiders game, Maybe we win that. We're in the postseason. But people know that it isn't good enough. And the fact that Bill put Matt Patricia in there. I think the fact that Bill was given the leeway to do it his way. And now this is Robert Kraft saying, you know what? I'm going to fan the flames on all of this. Bill, I let you do it your way. You're even recognizing it didn't work. Mm Now we're going to let everybody know at least that I'm not going to usurp you. I'm not going to tell you who to interview. We're not going to blast every interview. You know, we're not going to put every – some people put the interview candidates out for the media after they have the interview. I don't think it's going to go down that road. But this is Robert Kraft saying to Bill, listen, you did it your way. Now we're going to put this out my way. And there's no way Bill's going to object. He's already on board. So now it is just, if he doesn't like it, swallow hard and deal with it. (laughs) Is this a hat in hand, Bill? I don't think so. No? So hat in hand, you got the meeting, hat in hand. I feel like there's a a hint of, like, you know, um, humility with this. I do. Absolutely. Well, communicating, communicating with the fans feels weird because Bill doesn't do it. Which is why this doesn't come from him. No, what I think I know it doesn't come from him, but when I say hat in hand, a, a, a little just a little little taste of humility Don't is when fire you fire me, sir. Is, no, kind no, of thing. not uh, please, sir. May I have another chance? Right, exactly. May please, I have another? Please, sir. Can I have can another I, bowl of porridge? Please, sir. Can I please try to hire another offensive coordinator? I promise this time I'll get a real one. Uh, please, Mister Kraft. Please, younger Mister Kraft. Who is the real Mister Kraft? So I do think there is some. Come on. Like, this is hat. Hey, you walk into his office, you sit down, and he's like, <sighs> he takes his hat off, and he's, yeah, my bad. You know, listen, I thought it would work. It didn't. What, what do you want me to do? My bad. What do you want me to do? Well, go hire someone yeah. real. Okay, that's what I want to do anyway. And All I right, think, boss. There I, we go. I think another part of this is the gaslighting that existed throughout the entire season that I have been focusing on, especially for the last two months. I feel like that's been happening. We're not going to, like... We're not going to gaslight the fans anymore. We're not going to be cryptic, or we're not going to be use broad strokes when we're talking about things. We are going to give you and give you a blueprint because we're pissed off also, right? So we're listen, hold off. I know Gerard Mayo is one of those foundation-type players, and there's been an exodus of leadership and you know uh, on this team, and we got to keep this guy. So, bam, we're going to nip this in the bud. All those coaches that interviewed Mayo last year, which was the Broncos, the Raiders, and the Eagles, you know, and now here come the Carolina Panthers knocking at door. We realize we have a hot commodity. We got to lock them up. 
which leads me to the Mayo angle, angle, which is how what what does he get out of this? How is this like a good move for him? He was never going to leave to be a defensive coordinator at some other at some other team. He was only going to take a head coaching job. So what did they have to put on his plate in order for him to convince him, hey? Don't go find out what the Panthers are going to offer you. Don't go back to the Broncos again for a second time. Don't go to any of these other teams that need a coach. We need you to stay here. And so we're going to sweeten the offer. We're going to make it worth your while. And we're going to fast track you to being the head coach. Like there had to be something in it for him. He is one of the, like right now he is a, he is like, he's on the, you know, must have, you know, there's the veteran coaches that, but he's the guy now. What if it's just the DC title? That's it. I'm going to give and then what was what's and, that like? And cash. Do you know the highest salary Gerard Mayo according to Spot Track ever had in his career was 3.25 million dollars? Don't you think defensive coordinator here gets you what, Christian? A million and a half, maybe two? Uh I would think with the title comes the money. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, but I think that is a part of it as well, is the, holy crap, I can still continue to make real good dough here. But also, I think the D.C. title's coming with it. And they didn't announce that because, again, if we are to believe them, it is the... Now, by the way, there, we did have a texter in the 401 who said... Patriots to extend Mayo is as believable as Bogart's behind the Sox number one priority. Yeah, 401. The Patriots put out a statement on Gerard Mayo saying they're going to keep him so that he he doesn't go interview for all these things and then they're going to pork him in the end. You make no sense. But they put this out there because I think they already know what they're going to do in terms of the contract. But more importantly, it's what they have to do. If this guy, as you mentioned, got three interviews last year, this was only the first request, there probably would have been more coming, you would think. And this is the Patriots saying, nope, we're going to keep him. We'll give you money. And more importantly, we'll give you the title. Because the title of D coordinator, while staying here, gets him one step closer to being a head coach wherever it is. I, I feel like um, they know that he interviews well. They know that he's very bright. They know that he's well spoken. He knows exactly what to say. And they, uh, you know, this guy was in finance. Like you're basically he's got a business experience. So, but I know, but but it's also just like, how do I talk to these people, right? Yes. These people are the guys that make the. They're the billionaires. Yep. I I dealt with them. You know, like I have experience. I know what they want to hear. I know like the corporate structure, that whole CEO mentality. That's what the owners are used to. They somehow need it. You know, they somehow need it translated, you know, the football mumbo-jumbo, hard we tackle, we throw football, we tackle football. Like Dan Campbell, I want yes. this effing job. Translate, uh. put it into the filter, and then that, and then you give it to him. He does that. He was on our show last year we were, when Lou and I were down at the Super Bowl, and he just, you sit there and go, oh, dude, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time, and one more year, and sure as hell, hey, we missed the plane, we missed, we missed the boat last year, we weren't ready for him, he was too raw. But, man, is he impressive. You walk away from meeting with Gerard Mayo saying, damn, he's impressive. And you go, we can't. I mean, someone else is going to snatch him up. He's going to be somebody else's superstar, and we're going to sit there, you know, kicking ourselves because we didn't have the courage to be the first one to hire an inexperienced coach who never even had a title in the first place. That's what I think. And the Patriots obviously realize that. So if you're saying he's going to get the D.C. title, has to be. I would say I'm not doing it without it unless Bill convinced them that it's not important. See Brian Flores. 
No. I want the title, which means somebody else isn't getting the title, which I think is another aspect of this because somebody was stepped over. Unless he just didn't want it in the first place, and that would be Steve Belichick, who was here longer, who technically has more experience being a coach. And maybe you don't get it. Maybe you don't agree with it or not, but I feel no, like... No, I, I don't, and I'm surprised that you're I'm your so... I'm brother, Mike, and I was stepped over. <laughs> That's it. I'm but I'm you. surprised that you're as hung up on this, that it isn't one of the other Belichick boys that are, be- that are, that are trying to get this job. It's a guy who has a home run resume. To get that job. I can look at Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo, and the Mayo resume, to me, blows by Steve Belichick in the high-speed lane. And why, if you're Bill, why would you put your kid in harm's way like that by giving him Again, the title? I think you're, it's you're, a non-starter. I know, but see, to me, I agree with you, okay, because I feel like the best person should get the job, but I always felt like there was a succession plan with any of Bill's coaches, offensively or defensively, whether and each side of the ball – eventually made their way to, hey, I'm next. If I do a good job here, I'm going to be a head coach. Like it's There's so much history and proof of it. So I thought Steve Belichick was next in line. I just thought that that was the case. But somehow, uh, you know, based on maybe his, um, you know, his maybe he's insecure. Maybe he's uh, too self-conscious about speaking to the team. Because if you can't speak to the defensive team, then you cannot address an entire team. But how do, if you're a defensive player, separate – dad's talking to me, and now junior's talking to me. Well, I would like to think that if you're really good, respect. doesn't matter whose son you are. Hell, you should be good. Like, you grew up with this guy. You should be really knowledgeable. You should understand it. Now, what's your personality? How do you encourage me? How do you motivate me? Like, am I making fun of you about the way you talk and how, like, you know, it's, like, introverted you are? Because I feel like he's introverted, you know? And maybe he's a lifetime position coach like Ivan Fears. Maybe it's Dante Scarnecchia. Maybe that's really what he's comfortable doing. Because there's no reason why Ivan Fears should not have been a head coach. You know why he's not a head coach? He didn't want to be a head coach. He easily could have been a head coach. Dante Scarnecchia. I mean, nobody's brighter and, you know, smarter and gets more respect than Dante. Why is he a head coach? Could part of the fear be that if Mayo left, Steve Belichick would be his defensive coordinator? And now you have the same attrition on your defensive staff that you had on your offensive staff a year ago. I think attrition is a good word to use because the big theme over the last year and a half has been attrition, has been knowledge walking out the building, has been experience on the offensive side of the ball. And now you're like, who? And there is no succession plan. There is no new lineup, call it that, where this guy starts as an o, as like a quality control guy and he's picking up uh, you know, free agents at the airport. Like, Nick Casario picked me up from the airport when I took my free agent trip here. Obviously, now he worked his way up. Took him a long time. How come you're not the head coach of the Houston Texans? Uh, what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. But there Bring should be something Bring me in as your there. PR guy. I'll I, help you out. I, I Let's go. I'm intrigued by that Steve Belichick angle. I'm, I'm intrigued by it because normally he's my son. Like, I am going to elevate my son first. I want to take care of my son first. But Gerard Mayo... He got he got stepped over. But it's never been that way with Bill. That's the thing. Like, he has made those kids earn it. And I know people but love to. But he's at that spot now, isn't he? What's next? Uh, Unless he doesn't be want a, it. No, to be a DC. And maybe that, and again, maybe that's Mayo's guy because he knows I don't have to worry about that side of the ball. And he's worked so close to him. Here's the other thing, too. And a texter sent in 
assistant head coach is the title. Okay, now we don't know if that is the case. So could it be as simple as Gerard stays here? I'll make him assistant head coach, but I won't make him defensive coordinator. So that way, the Gerard-Steve Belichick relationship oh. stays the same, but you've given Mayo, you've started to put Mayo in a position to where he gets some of the skills and the rub from Bill Belichick to either stay here or be able to go. And that's the other part of it, too. Like you mentioned about the succession plan. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What's a succession plan in Kansas City right now? What's the succession well, plan in Pittsburgh right now? What succession well, plans are nice, but when you put them together, they fall apart. And to me, the Rams are a real interesting example. Look at all the guys that have been plucked off that staff where if Sean McVay does walk away, one of those dudes might have been able to take it. But would you but if you're Kevin O'Connell, it would be Boy, Sean McVay flirted once. Maybe he's going to walk away. I shouldn't go to Minnesota. Or Zach Taylor. I think when people get offered the job, whether the job is good or not, they jump because they want to be head men. See, uh, but I will add this to it. So the difference, the succession plan here has been going on forever. It's been talked about. It's been talked about by us. Okay, and there's been no indication down there that there's a succession plan. But you want to talk about like the difference because Sean McVay, young coach, five years in the league. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is another guy. You make you mentioned Mike Tomlin. You mentioned uh, Andy Reid. Sure, Andy Reid had a succession plan when he was with the Eagles. Yeah, he had it when he was in Kansas City. But those younger coaches, all those coaches are leaving. Hey, I'm young coach. I'm getting the head coach. Hey, everybody, come with me. Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, LaFleur, all these guys, they're all getting head coaching jobs. Eventually, it'll wear out also. They will have to bring in somebody new, and they will have to bring somebody in to just kind of start all over again. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that you got me with, and the wisdom of Solomon is what I would like to call you right now, because how do you handle the personalities? Really Solomonic, I'll call it that way. You're Because how do you elevate Mayo but not hurt the feelings of your son? Do you care about hurting yes. the feelings of yes. your son, though? Mom! Dad didn't give me the D.C. job again! He's a 30-year-old man or whatever it I is. I think there's something to it. I don't care what anybody says. But I think there's a way of serving both sides. Hey, he's going to be the assistant head coach, but he's not going to be the D.C. Hell, uh, Dante Scarnecchia was the assistant head coach for years. He wasn't the O.C. Mm-hmm. He's just... Smartest guy in the building. Um, Dan Campbell was the assistant head coach in New Orleans, but he was a tight ends coach. Well, quickly, let's be real on it. Bill doesn't do anything with the coaches until he has to. That's the other thing, too. It's nice to think that, okay, you might get an elevation from an assistant to a position coach, but in terms of paying people real money, until there's a chance these guys leave, he didn't bump him up yeah, you until back he absolutely him into a has to. Yeah, he's got to be almost threatened to do it. Uh, we're also going to tell you about uh, a little something we're going to do at 1245 called What You Want to Hear. You are a part of it. And I have a nugget about DeAndre Hopkins for Foyer. And then we're coming to you on these phones because there's two more layers of what happened yesterday that we have to get to. One with Gerard Mayo, one with Mac Jones. All that on Aggression Foyer on a Friday next. WEEI, WEEI, New England Sports Original. No matter where you work from these days, take Gresham Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEEI.
So, ladies and gentlemen, at 1245, the Gresh and Foyer program, Gresh Foyer, W-E-I on Twitter, Gresh and Foyer on Instagram. Follow now. Yep, follow now. And you want to follow on Twitter because right now we have a poll up for something called What You Want to Hear. And at 1245, we're going to give you the choice of hearing. So what we're going to do is it's a it's a battle. It's yeah. a battle between the Odell Beckham Jr. plane video versus we've got two small drug stories. If we were just be, so it's either Odell Beckham and the plane audio against a drug pigeon <laughs> and a reporter that got high while reporting the news. Okay, so here's the beauty of this. First of all, you got to vote. Okay, so you go to, you know, at Gresh Fourier, uh, W-E-I, you can see the Twitter poll up there. You have to vote because we are only playing one of them. Only one. That's it. That's the only it. one gets paid off. Only one gets heard. Only one gets reacted to. My vote, okay, is Drug Pigeon High Reporter. That's who I'm voting for. I just voted right now. Uh, go to Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I, and at 1245, you will hear who the winner is. And we will have uh, a poll up very soon on Twitch as well. Uh, so you Twitchers, you'll be able to get the vote as well, and we'll be able to uh, check that out. That'll be up shortly. But again, go to Twitter. It's real simple. Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. Very, very simple to find. Vote on the poll. And at 1245, uh, we will play for you the winner between the OBJ plane video and the drug pigeon and the high reporter. So basically, it's a guy who uh, might have been on drugs who had a video versus two drug stories, and all of it is guaranteed so, to make you laugh. So both both stories actually include drugs. Might. Uh, that OBJ one, we don't know completely, but okay. there's rumbling. Okay, so right now the drug pigeon high reporter is winning right now. It's uh, 60 by, at 65%. They got 65% of the votes. Vote now. Vote early. You got till twelve forty-five. And the what you want to hear poll just went up for the uh, Twitch chatters as well, so we'll be able to uh, throw that in. By the way, you want to uh, watch Christian stare at himself doing the show? Twitch.tv slash Boston Weei. Follow Weei on Twitch. Now, sometimes the internet can give us gifts, ladies and gentlemen, more than just audio that we would play twelve forty-five. There was this. Fourier, did you know? That at one point in time, it was reported that the New England Patriots tried to get DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, no. Well, I mean, maybe rumors at one point in time, but... How about uh, reported from an NFL insider? Oh, so it wasn't like, I, I think it's possible that it was an no, actual no. source from an insider, right, in the, that covers the NFL. Well, huh? because there was the talk, and we mentioned it yesterday, and we hit Michael Irvin with the question of, can Bill O'Brien be here and DeAndre Hopkins be here? And he was like, I don't... His non-answer told us everything. I go all the way back to the year of our Lord, 2017. This okay. is from February 5th, 2017, from Ian Rappaport. He wrote the following. The Patriots traded star linebacker Jamie Collins was the turning point to their defense. Collins, who was prone to freelancing, missing his assignments, headed to the Browns for a conditional third-round pick, while the Patriots unified inside their locker room and, of course, as we know, made it to the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. So, according to Rap Sheet at the time, there were multiple scenarios discussed. Here's the two juiciest he wrote. The Patriots asked for frustrated receiver DeAndre Hopkins 
in a potential trade for Collins. An offensive building block in need of an extension for defensive building block in need of an extension. That was a non-starter for the Texans, even with Hopkins battling uneven cornerback play. And the other one was the Patriots were sniffing around Jonathan Jones. But the whole lead of this is, is that apparently, five years ago, let's say, uh-huh. the Patriots were sniffing around DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And, now, I'm, I'm, well, mm-hmm. and now he is available once again. So what do you do first? Do you try to find your OC? Or do you see mm-hmm. if you might be able to work something out and get DeAndre Hopkins, and then the OC search goes from there. Well, you're going to have to do both at the same time. <clears throat> but I think the OC, the o, any free agent, respectable, accomplished, wide receiver, any offensive player is not going to show up or sign up to play for the New England Patriots unless they have an offensive coordinator hired. It's not going to happen. There's, it's too many unknowns. You've you you had your chance to kind of like, uh, uh, hey, just just hang on, just enjoy the ride. We're gonna do this together. You've had that opportunity. It failed miserably. So whoever you hire is, they're gonna have to know them, know of them, and whoever that OC is is gonna have to be able to talk about their offense. Hey, because they all take a trip. So Hopkins will take a trip. He's like, and the OC says, here's what I'm gonna do for you. Envision this. Okay, I know and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and you're going to be this, and you're going to be the focal point. Like, he's always the focal point, so what's new for him? But And then, here, how, what makes me think we're going to win with this offense? Like, we still got to win. Like, I haven't won anything in my career. It's a long shot because I think he wants to win and win now. Do you think they have to sell him that hard if Bill Belichick is the guy picking up the phone and saying, DeAndre, I want you. Do you want us? Because isn't that going to be a Bill discussion versus the all of the Matt? Like, Bill would be the one disseminating that information, correct? I love you, man. You too. You too. I still think, though, like, the funny thing is it's all about the money, though. Yeah, yeah. I will. Let's, Bill, respect. Much love. How much are you paying me? Okay. You know, he's not going to take a discount, is he? Well, it's, he has two years and 34.6 or $8 million left or whatever. If they got him on a two for 30 and here, $15 million a year. Here's your real chance to win. Let's go. Bill's the one that sells two that. for thirty. Well, yeah, that, two for thirty. That's in my ballpark. Take a haircut. Come I mean, here. A, I mean, he's got some long hair now. Well, again, four point eight million yeah. is a pretty good haircut, but yeah. thirty million still on your schedule. Would you trade four point eight million for thirty million? I, I think would, you would. I think that adding high end talent, <laughs> obviously, Captain Obvious here is obviously a great thing, and it's not really challenging to convince them to show up and play if you have a lot of money to give. Like, it really – I love on players, like, when it's all said and done, it's like, you know, I was going to – I wanted to I wanted to be here. I turned down, you know, more money to play here. Lie. It's like your standard boilerplate, like, you know, you know, introduction to the new city and the new team. Hey, I took less money to play for you guys because I believe in what you're doing. Like, support me. Buy my jersey. Like that's what it does, <laughs> right? Have you ever heard anyone say, well, you know what, guys? Thank God you you guys had the most money. And uh, that was really all I was looking for. And you know what? If that is the case, then they'll just say, fine, we'll go find somebody else. Not that they have to give him a cut, maybe a, a little trim, but I don't think they give him an extension. 30-year-old wide receiver? Come on now. He's good for, he's got a good four years in him. Maybe. 
Easy. Well, he Easy. Was, well, he was also hurt and suspended going into well, this yeah, season. So, he, yeah, so he's got so some. So there's an injury history there that you can't because ignore. Because how old was uh, Randy Moss? Like, Randy was in his 30s, right? When, I he, think, when he had that second I career I think they might have got him at either 29 or 30 or something okay, like that. Okay, so but, he's definitely got some tread on the tires. All right, we got folks who want to talk some football with us. John in Rhode Island, Paul in Holyoke, and you at 617-779-7937. So do we now... Jump to conclusions with Gerard Mayo, and there is a Mac Jones question about this whole OC search. We will get to that. Hour two, Gretchen Foyer, next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.